going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the John Deere Classic. Not as usual because Tambo is not here uh, this week. He is on a flight. I am here this week with our resident fill-in, Ryan Baroff from the Golflandia podcast. Ryan, what is up, my friend? How are you? I'm good, Kenny. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Good to have you back. Hey, that's funny. You have the drink. And I don't. Before we get into this week, let's go ahead and uh, uh, remember to go check out fantasynational.com. Go to fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off a membership to Fantasy National. Uh, all right. So let's talk about this past week, a Travelers Championship. Um Great win by Xander. He sort of almost tried to give it away. Uh, pretty impressive by him. All four rounds under 60, which, you know, not that difficult at the Travelers Championship. He held on uh, at the end. But the big story, of course, is going to be Sahith um, Tagala with that bunker shot on 18. Um, that one hurt a, a lot for a lot of people because I know a lot of people had that 110, 150 to one ticket uh, for Sahith last week. Uh, I, I like his play, man. I like watching Sahith play. It's fun. He's, he's got like that swashbuckling style. Just hit it and see where it goes and hope and pray. I mean, I remember, I think it was Saturday when he hit it into some crazy rough. It might have been on 18 also mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday where he had to hack it out of there and clubs flying all over the place, you know, uh, emotions where he thinks he's doing the Hideki, where he thinks it's like the worst shot in the world and lands like 15 feet from the pin. Uh, roller coaster, watching him play, but my God, it's so much fun, uh, you know? Uh, uh, well, what do you think of the event? Yeah, I thought it was great. I didn't um, watch very much until the final day. I had every uh, every exposure to Cantlay. He was on every team that I had, so like most, it was a pretty bad weekend. Um, but yeah, brutal finish. Um, he deserved that win, I think. Um, it's very interesting because unlike, you know, a lot of the young guys and the college guys that we see come out, he's got a short game, right? He can chip it really well. How many 10 to 15 footers did he make all week, all weekend, right? So like even that that final bogey putt probably should have gone in. But um, look, Xander played great. I think he was the best tee to green all week. Um, he barely made any bogeys until the weekend. So uh, definitely good to see him get a W. Yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of it because I had some sweats, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, starting on f- Friday, I had uh, a, I had a lineup like in the top 10 all through Friday, all through Saturday. It, 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 I put it in a dollar short game and a 50 cent mini max because that's how I do my GPPs. Uh, whenever, whatever lineup I have in a dollar, I put in a, at least one to 50 just to juice up just yeah. in case I hit, you know, just in case I hit. And I thought it was going to happen. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, I had like English, Cantlay, Xander, Hardy, Svensson, Long. I think that was the lineup. Um, and of course, like, you know, the on Sunday. So, you know, on Sunday, the only person I think Long was one under par. And and Xander was like two two or three under par, and that was yeah. it. Everyone else was over par on one of the easiest courses on tour. So that really hurt. Can't lay hurt. Uh, it was bad. I ended up finishing like thirty fifth. Uh, I had another lineup that was top twenty five going into Sunday uh, in the same GPPs. That one finished fifty fourth. Uh, had the outright on Cantlay. Um, and so what I realized is when you're watching golf, you know, I, I don't mind the coverage too much. 
unless I have a sweat. When I have a sweat, the coverage is the worst. If you ever hear me bitching about the coverage on TV, it's because I am in it. You know what I'm saying? I am in it, and I don't want to see all these shots. Uh, so, you know, it directly correlates. The anger of TV coverage directly cor- correlates with the sweats. Um, you know, other things that happened. I mean, you, you know, you had Laird up there for a while. Um, you know, the, 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 my casket cornerstones, again, did good. Again, back-to-back weeks, solid three or four, but six of my guys finished inside the top 25. Um, so, you know, that's what you need, a little bit more upside, a lot harder to get uh, six and six. I think the six six percentage in double ups and GPPs was around one to two percent. Uh, so, you know, you, you have to get that um, – those high finishes to get those finishing points uh, to do well in cash. You know, if you fail in getting uh, five or six or six or six, I actually had four or six, uh, but I had reading uh, as well to go along with Harmon, Cantlay, and I can't remember the last one. So it, it's been a pretty good run for cash. I'm going to try and keep it going this week, but our producers are very angry with me because I literally had to change my CGCs like 18 times uh, because it's difficult this week. It's difficult. Uh, other things that happened this past week, you know, English looks like he's coming back. Uh, you know, Webb looks strong. Any other guys catch your eye uh, this past week? Nick Hardy's playing some good golf. Yeah, say. definitely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to ride that one one more week, but yep. I think he's he's reached the peak and probably do for a bit of a letdown. You know, he can't keep can't keep putting the way that he's putting, but the ball strike has been great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so pretty much everybody last week had Brendan Steele and he did exactly what you would expect him to do. He ball struck the shit out of it again and just lost like three strokes putting. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, I think the one that cost me the most was probably power fading away over the weekend. I had him and kind of everything. Not that he was bad. He finished tied for 25th or something. Uh, but he was up there like in third kind of early in the week and needed that to go on. So he's kind of turned a corner seems to uh it seems to be a lot more consistent across the board and of course his flash you know he was in contention at least a little bit in each of the last two majors yeah i mean he's up there i thought svenson played pretty well uh last week scott starling's had a move uh, on sunday probably going to be pretty popular golfers uh this week we've already spoke about him me and ryan uh before the uh the pod started uh so i mean it was a fun event it was a good watch it's always great tournament to watch the fans are great uh the course is fun uh you know it's nothing crazy but it's nothing like we're seeing this week where it's just you know straight back and forth back and forth um uh let's move on this week let's go on to our uh listener league winner for this week the listener league winner was um mla fem 10 um he has the guy from um the kickboxing blood sport uh, you know, the guy who uh, Jean-Claude, you know, punches in the nuts. Uh, he has he has him as his avatar. Um, I'm Bolo Young. I remember his name, Bolo Young, uh, as his avatar. I'm always a fan of, you know, good martial arts movies. So MLA Femme 10, uh, his, his or her lineup uh, consisted of Scotty Scheffler, uh, who, you know, really he sort of faded a bit uh, on, on Sunday, finished in uh, 13th place. Uh, at 10 under, had a 20% ownership, scored 81 points. Xander, he had the winner. Uh, Xander was 12% owned, uh, 129 points. KH Lee, another guy that we liked last week, 9% owned. Uh, he fell off a little bit on Sunday, but he was in contention too. Uh, speaking of in contention, I think 
Thursday, I had four of my outrights in the top five. I think Friday, maybe. Mm. English, KH Lee, uh, Cantley, and um, Webb. All within like the top seven, and of course, none of them hit. It's the worst. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, KH Lee, nine percent uh, uh, owned. Kevin Kisner, who showed up this week, a pretty pretty ballsy pick by him. You know, he's missed a whole bunch of cuts here recently. But the course, of course, shorter course. You always have to think about Kevin. Four point eight percent owned. Uh, finished in six. He had Sahith. Uh, of course, we finished in second with the heartbreak, uh, around seven percent on. And Robert Strep Strep comes up in our winner and our listener league winners lineup often. I think this is probably the third or fourth time of uh, this season that uh, there's Robert Strep has been in the listener league winner uh, winning lineup. Uh, yeah, strange. Like every time I made the cut, I guess basically is what it comes down to. Less than half a percent owned. Um, finished in thirty fifth, seventy eight points. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, I, I was nowhere close to that. Uh, I don't know where Strip, where Strip came from. <laughs> Kevin Kisner is, yeah, Kevin Kisner is not a guy that I get right. He just gained a shit ton of putting again for the first few days. Um, but yeah, Xander Sahith, like if you had that combo, you were going to do pretty well last week. Yeah, I had uh, Xander Cantley everywhere. Basically, yeah. it was it came down to, uh, and it killed me. Well, congratulations to M Femme 10. They will join our four man uh, this week. Ryan will be in on it with Tambo. Um, Let's get to this week. Let's go ahead and just, just get to it. Uh, of course, this week is going to be the John Deere Classic played from Silvis, Illinois. Um, you know, TPC Deer Run. This tournament has been played at, at this at this location since 2000. And in the beginning years, you know, a lot of first-timers and no-names won this event. Uh, then in 2008, the organizers went and got that jumbo jet uh, where they took all the, all the golfers uh, who played the Open Championship into the following week flew them over so they can get some more names because they're getting tired of these really, really weak fields. Uh, now, so what ended up happening, this got, you know, this got a few more big names to play over the years, but it still remained, you know, a pretty weak field event. Uh, now with the schedule change and the fact that this event is no longer played the week before the open, uh, the field this week is probably the worst one we'll see all year. That's not like a alternate event. Uh, now, one thing that had changed immensely since the John Deere Classic started the jet charter procedure is that the winners of the event have been some of the bigger names in the field. Like since 2008, seven of the 13 golfers that won this event were ranked inside the top 50 uh, in the official gold, world golf rankings at the time of their win. Six of 13 winners were actually inside the top 20. Uh, the only six winners that are ranked outside the top 50 at the time of their victory here was Spieth in 2013. He was 120th. Harmon in 2014, he was 115th. Bryson was 144th when he won here. And then Mike Kim, don't forget it, Michael Kim won this event. Uh, 215th. Fratelli, 133rd. Glover last year was 115th. Uh, Now, you know, uh, the main reason I'm bringing this up is because, you know, I think this field is way more wide open than it has been, uh, you know, in previous years, especially in those beginning years when they brought that plane over. Uh, Just because the only golfer inside the top 50 in the world playing this event is Webb. Uh, you know, with the pricing in the weak field, I do think this week is a week where you pay more attention uh, to ownership in GPPs. Uh, it's DFS, so, you know, chalk can hit. Uh, but I do think the odds of this happening are lower than most weeks due to the incredibly weak field. Before we actually get to the course, what do you think about chalk and ownership um, in an event this week? Yeah, I, I think... Um... 
especially now with burger out, it's going to be even more concentrated. Um, there's obviously only a couple of options at the top. You're either going to start with web or you're going to start with Hadwin, I guess. I guess people will start with um, a more balanced build at times. But I think ownership is going to be super condensed. Um, starting at the top, uh, especially going through the middle there, like we'll talk about it, that that kind of high 8K range will be chock full of ownership. Um, the high sevens, chock full of ownership. And I think that's going to leave pretty much 120 guys in this field who are going to be like 5% or less, right? So um, I haven't really looked at how to build this week, but I'm probably going to have a rule that I have two of those guys in every lineup. So a couple guys under 5% in every lineup. Yeah, I think that makes sense just to be different. I mean, the thing about it is we talk about how, you know, the elite chalk, the 10K chalk in a normal event with a decent field. You know, that, that's the chalk that, you know, we don't mind eating. But once you get down to like a low 7K chalk, you know, that 7,200, 15% owned guy, 18% owned guy, you know, you sort of hesitate. You're like, wait a second. You know what I'm saying? Now, the problem with this event is basically everyone's a 7,200 guy. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like yep. every golfer in this field is like a 7,200 guy. And so if you have the chalk, you know, for any of these guys, you have to seriously think about, the fade even more so yeah. in this type of event this week than any other week. So pay attention to your, your, your ownership projections you get either from fantasy national, from Gump's corner, from run pure sports, from wherever you get it from. Okay. Uh, make sure you pay attention to that and, and try when you make your pool, try and be a little bit different. Get the, I like your, your thing, having two guys, uh, you know, uh, of that 120 that, you know, no one's going to roster in your lineup, in every lineup. I like that. That's a pretty good, pretty good strategy to have this type of week. And then, you know, play who you like. If you like the chalk, we're not going to tell you not to do it, but pick and choose correctly. Pick and choose wisely. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, like, there's going to be plenty of those guys who play well, right? Like, a couple are going to miss cut. Like, we saw, I think, was it last year that Brian Harmon missed the cut at, like, 30% or something? Like, that's going to happen, but you're not going to see, like, Rogers, Stallings, Harding, Figala, and Hadwin all missed the cut, right? There are yeah. going to be a few of those guys who play well. So yeah. you need to have some of them, but you need a lot of low ownership with them too. I agree with that. All right, let's move on to the actual course then. A TPC deer run, like 7,250-yard par 71, four par threes, three par fives, which should be reachable by most golfers in the field in two. Uh, the par four 14th hole is short, could be drivable uh, by some. Uh, the course is very easy usually ranked in the bottom 10 in hardest courses on tour a uh, year in year out. I think something like the last 12 winners have all shot 18 under or better. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's where it goes. Um, the two toughest holes are going to be the par four ninth and the par four 18th. So if you have some golfers in your lineups who are at or near the cut line on Friday, you know, hold on to your butts. You know, if, if they get to those last, if they get to that last 18th hole that they're going to play. Now, the one thing about this year is that the winds look like, you know, we'll see if there's going to be some wind. It could play some havoc. We'll see. Uh, you know, it's early in the uh, in the week, but, you know, 12 years in a row, 18 under par, there had to have been some windy conditions there. I don't think it's going to affect it too much. You might not see like 22 under, 24 under or something like that. But again, check the weather, check the wind. I think I saw something like maybe the weekend you get like 15 mile per hour gusts. But again, it's Monday. Everything can change. We'll see how that goes. 
Uh, now, off the tee, golfers are going to see uh, wide, wide-ish tree-lined fairways, large fairway bunkers guarding the landing zones. The rough is fairly penal, uh, but doesn't come into play that often as over 70% of all tee shots land in the fairway. Uh, the fairways usually play firm with a good amount of roll, but rainy soft conditions could change that. I don't remember seeing any rain, but again, it's Monday. Make sure you check the weather Wednesday for all that good stuff. You guys know. Um, now, on approach shots, golfers will see large greens that are guarded by bunkers and collection areas. These greens are very easy to hit. Over 70% of approaches uh, land on the putting surface. A good wedge play is a must this week is over 40% of all approaches come from 150 yards or less. There's also a fair amount from 150 to 175, lots and lots of wedges here this week. That doesn't sound like, you know, so um, one thing you have to think about, you know, that doesn't sound like 40% doesn't sound like too big of a number. Uh, but when you take into consideration that there are three par fives and all four par threes are over 150 yards, that leaves golfers with wedge or a short iron club. It's a nine iron wedge in their hand on seven to eight of the 11 par fours. Uh, the greens are bent grass, have a bit of undulation and slope, and are somewhat slow with a stint meter rating, maybe around 11. Um, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, I, I think, uh, kind of, you nailed the, the obvious one, which is wedge play, right? Like you look at the guys who play here a lot, play here the best, ZJ, Stricker, Ryan Moore, I'll even throw Scott Brown in there. Uh, who's got really good course history, they've all done it the old-fashioned way with, with iron play and putting, right? They hit wedges close, and they make the putts. Um, now, I I think you can also overpower this course to an extent. Like, for example, Patrick Rogers, who we'll get to, um, he's number one off the tee here um, in all the rounds that he's played here. Obviously not the most accurate player, but fairways are kind of wide here. But the iron play hasn't been good, but his short game has been good. So I do think there's different ways you can do it. Um, I was looking earlier at just the guys who have done really well off the tee at this golf course. And it was really a mix of the bombers like Rogers and Garrigus and Brandon Hagee. But then you also saw like Reavy and Boo Weekly up there, right? Guys who just hit every fairway. So I think there's a few ways you can do it. But at the end of the day, you need to wedge it close and make putts. And so I think, you know, that kind of 100 to 125 or 125 to 150 range is certainly going to be important here. All right, so let's take a look at these tiers. Let's start up in the 10K range. We have Jason Day at $10,000 all the way up to Webb Simpson at only 10.6. We're only going up to 10.6. I think that changes a little bit too. If Webb was like 11.2 or something like that, I, you know, it would be a little bit different. How much ownership do you think Webb and Saeed are going to garner this week? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's going to be a lot, but I mean, don't discount Hadwin. Like he's, he's the odds on favorite now, uh, kind of now the uh, burgers out. So um, it's kind of inter- like, I would expect all of these guys to fall between 18 and 25%. Yeah. Um, if any of them got higher, I would say it's probably webbed uh, just because this is one of those weeks, like you mentioned, where uh, the top guy is not 11-3, and it's pretty easy to get him with the 7K value. So um, I think it'll be Webb, and then Sahith, and then Hadwin. But, I mean, all pretty popular this week. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to play Day, uh, I think. So, so I, 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 No, I, you may see him at, like, 4% or 3% yeah. this week. Uh, do you, is it worth it? No, he's worth no. it. Yeah, I didn't think so either. <laughs> I'm not playing him. Uh, you, you know, you see a 10K guy at 4%. Like, damn, I got to play his I didn't ass. even know that he played last week. Um, 
I just looked back and he was nowhere near the cut line. So yeah, uh, not not this week. That's not happening this week. That four percent guy uh, in the ten k range. I mean, okay, if you want to do it just to be contrarian and hope and pray, it's golf. You know, anything can happen. But that's not going to be for me. It sounds like it's not for Ryan. Who's your favorite play up here? Um, if I had to play one, I mean, taking ownership into account, I guess I would say Hadwin because he's going to be the lowest owned. But if I just have to pick one who I think is the best play this week, it's going to be Webb. No doubt. Okay, yeah. So, so I went ahead. So I, again, I, I had a really hard time uh, with my cash game cornerstones this week. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with Webb Simpson at 10, six. I don't even, you know, it's just, I feel like, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, he plays well on easy courses. I think he's top 10 in strokes game total uh, in the field. It's, you know, in the field, whatever you can take that for what it's worth uh, in the field it, it, on easier courses, uh, you know, strokes game total, uh, you know, of course his approach game is strong. He does make a lot of birdies. Uh, you know, par four scoring is good. Par five scoring is good. I think he's just safe. And I'm looking for something safe up here because originally I, instead of Webb, I was going to go Stallings and CH3. And then I almost threw up. And then I decided not to go that way. Uh, I was like, I, I got to go with somebody else that I, I, I feel more safe about. I'm going to go with Webb. I want to play him uh, in cash. Now, when it comes to GPPs, I'm contemplating um, uh, if you're going to play Hadman, I might play all three of these guys. Uh, I did put a poll out uh, on Twitter last night to see people's reactions as to he's being a 10K guy and if they're going to play him. Uh, Let me go ahead and bring it up here real quick. So as of right now, uh, my thing on Twitter was, so do we go back to a 10,600 20% 20% own Sahith Tagala uh, next week. And this was before the price it came out. I yeah. was guessing on his price. I didn't expect 10.6 to be the highest price golfer, uh, but I was pretty close. Uh, I think he's what, 10, 10, one. Uh, as of now, 61% of votes uh, say uh, no, they're not going to go back to him, but you know, we'll see. It's only about 500 votes. So it's not that big of a sample. Uh, I, I want to go back to him. Because he's just so much fun to watch. First I off. think I think he should. I mean, he yeah. he has played well for a long time, right? Since what early February with the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Not every start has been great, but he's made a lot of cuts. He has obviously shown upside. Easily could have won one or two events, um, yeah. and he's gaining in in all four categories, right? Like he's got a solid short game. Iron plays good, drives it well. Um, I think you know what some people might do is kind of look back at, at what he did the week after Phoenix, which was at the Genesis. I think he tied for 48, something like that. But keep in mind, that is a really hard golf course. Uh, and that's a really good feel, right? A 48 at Genesis is easily a top 25 here. Easily. Yeah. Right. But, and so, the thing is, you know, similar to last week, you need a strong wedge game at the Travelers. You need mm-hmm. a strong wedge game. Uh, and he was pretty good uh, last week. Uh, you know, so uh, I think I think you can go back to him. I have no problem with No, that. I would play all of them. I mean, if, if you're making a bunch of teams, play them all. I don't think there's any kind of issue there. I think he's obviously the riskiest, but if you bet him and like him and kind of want to play him. Um, really quickly, because you mentioned this earlier, have you looked at data golf yet this week? I have not. Why? What's up? So their favorites in terms of made cut equity, number one, Adam Hadwin, number two, Charles Howell, the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, they I have mean, him slightly I, ahead of Webb, who's third in turn. So if you want to play Stallings Howell, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like it's it's the worst idea. I thought I think it was more Stallings that worried me. But you know, the thing about Stallings is he had let's go down to the Stallings I mean, is great. Play Stallings. Yeah, I, I would say let's go down to the 9K range and talk about Scott, but he's not even in the 9K range. He's 8,900. The yeah. 9K range probably, I mean, who is anyone gonna play anybody except CH3 in I this range? People, uh, yeah, Maverick, you know, maybe Mav. No, I actually think it's going to be Denny. People um, again. People love Denny. It's a problem. Like this is like, oh, this is a perfect spot where Denny can win because you have to make putts, like Wesley Bryant, right? It's like people love Denny. Um, I don't think any of these guys are going to be like twenty percent at all. No, um, I think they'll all be probably between ten and fifteen. Um, you think that Howell, much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Howell will get up there a little bit uh, just because again, people look at data golf. He has made a lot of cuts, right? He's shown a little upside. Um, I would play Bez just because he's the cheapest of them. And I think, again, he is someone who has a really good wedge game and he can get hot with the putter. Like, I don't necessarily trust his off the tee game. He is certainly wild, but these fairways are pretty big. And um, I'd rather just say, hey, this guy's a great wedge player and a pretty good putter, and I'll take my chances there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like Bez. Uh, Charles Howell's the one that sticks out, of course, just because of his course yeah. history. Uh, you know, when it comes down to it, but it's not just because of that. I mean, he's, you know, top 10 and birdies are better uh, in this field and you're going to need a ton of birdies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, coming here. But I like, I like the best play because his wedge game is solid. Uh, you know, top 20 from 125 to 115, 150 to 175 in this field, last 50 rounds. Um, Maverick interests me, but he's been playing so poorly mm-hmm. uh, just because, you know, the guy can get hot. Uh, with the, with the birdies, you can make a ton of them, uh, and that's what you're going to need here. I don't expect him to be very highly owned at all. Uh, maybe single digits, maybe he could maybe. be because he's. Yeah, I mean, it's a guy people like to play, but he's usually 7,700. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, and and he hasn't been great the last few stars, so he, he hasn't. So yeah. I, I, I this is just a, a, a field pick just because of his birdies, and he can get hot with the putter. His wedge game mm-hmm. is a problem though. Uh, so, you know, I could see why people wouldn't want to go to him uh, this week. I think Charles Howell and Bez, probably your safest options uh, mm-hmm. down here. Uh, other than that, you're, you're taking risks, but you're taking risks in DFS playing money anyway. So yeah. only four golfers. Here. Let's go and move down. Let's talk about Scott Stallings. Um, like I said, I almost had him in cash. Uh, a couple of top tens in his last five events uh, with, with a couple of missed cuts uh, mm-hmm. in between. It's going to be boom or bust. Now, the thing is, this is one of the guys where if and I was talking about where if he gets super chalky, could be time to avoid. Uh, mm-hmm. If you see projected ownership for him at, at that price, which I think is fair in this field for him and the way he's been playing, course history, solid as well. Um, if he if he's up there 18, 20 percent, one of the top five highest owned golfers in the field. Yep. This is one of the golfers where I think I might switch off uh, and, and switching off to maybe your favorite golf this week. Let's go ahead and talk about Patrick Rogers. He's not going to be much slower. I don't think he's, you don't think he's, so? he's starting to gain steam. Um, I mean, anyone who looks at fantasy national stuff will just see all those green numbers and Ben Coley tipped him. And uh, I think Jeff Ulrich had him as, as his better boy, like yeah. stuff's going to be out there, but look, yeah. Stallings, I mean, Stallings is very interesting. Obviously he shot that really low round yesterday. Uh, and got back into the top 10, but he also did this at, at Schwab with the irons, like gaining like eight strokes approach. Like that is something that you really have to look at because 
that's someone who's dialed. And that was with a really bad first round last week at uh, Travelers. So basically he gained like 10 plus strokes approach over the last three days, which is nuts. Um, he's played this course well, like he said. Um, he drives it well here. He puts it well here. Actually, the iron play has been the part that's holding him back. So if that is actually better now, I don't know. Um, he seems like a great play. Rogers, yeah. uh, just awesome across the board. I mean, the form, if you look there, he's been gaining off the tee and, and ball striking basically every event for the last couple of months. Um, the putter has come around. The around the game, uh, the around the green game, surprisingly, has been terrible, but he's a historically pretty good to decent chipper. Like he doesn't really lose strokes long term in the short game. And I mean, his US Open finish wasn't good, but if you remember, he was tied for the lead halfway through Saturday, right? And then he fell off. So um, he's played this course well. Like I mentioned, he's number one stroke skin off the tee here in like the 20 some rounds he's played here. Puts these greens well, has a run like. There's not a reason not to play Patrick Rogers this week. Yeah, I mean the AK range is interesting. There's there's quite a few plays yeah. that I like uh, here. Yep. I you know I mean like I like Nick Hardy a lot. I bet him at forty to one. The guy's the kid has talent. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been playing extremely good golf. The last five events he's been he's been pretty dialed in. Uh, you saw him last week again. He, he couldn't make a move on Sunday, but he was up there uh, getting uh, I think eleven under uh, on Saturday. And I think that's about where he finished. Uh, but, yeah. but the guy's been playing, you know, pretty, pretty good golf. I mean, if you look, uh, if you sort of dumb it down for the past 12 rounds, um, you know, he's actually first in birdies or better gained uh, in his last 12 rounds played in this field. Um, so, you know, his longer, again, wedge game's just been off and on. Like, he's been good and he's been bad. But, I mean, you're going to get that in this type of field. You're not going to get, like, the perfect golfer. Uh, but I really do like Nick Hardy. Uh, again, on strong on par fives. You're going to have to score on mm-hmm. these three par fives, really. I mean, they're going to be three easiest holes. You can't mess up. You got to get those birdies and eagles on those three holes. And he, he's pretty solid uh, when it comes to par fives. I like him uh, a lot. Um uh, actually, he's my second cash game cornerstone. Uh, I mm-hmm. forgot since I have been uh, changing my cash game cornerstones all day. I forgot he's actually my second cash game cornerstone this week. I am going with Nick Hardy. Um, other guys, I mean Cameron Davis. You saw him; he was twelve under on Friday or Saturday yep. uh, last week before I don't know totally imploding uh, over the weekend. But I mean, you know, Cam can make a bunch of birdies uh, out there. Uh, wedge play above average good on par fives lucas glover you know former winner here i don't know if i'm gonna play him uh but yeah, i'm gonna take tambo's role uh this week and talking about every golfer but uh you know lucas glover uh you know won last year his approach game you know really really solid you know top three in this field uh t to green top 10 uh wedges again extremely strong uh top 15 and both 125 to 150 150 to 175 i yep. think he makes sense and the crazy thing is lanto griffin <laughs> comes up as number one in my mom uh I, I don't know how but he is number one in my model with right. you know top seventh in approach 17th in t to green fifth in birdies are better game wedge play fine par five is way above average I'll throw a little bogey avoidance in there uh, this week because you got to avoid those because you're going to lose more than one stroke if you bogey bo- 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 the wrong hole. Because I think like 12 holes here yeah. routinely play under par. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you bogey one of those, you're losing more than a stroke to the field. Uh, so, so you know, he's, he's, you know, so Lantos actually my number one guy 
I don't know what his ownership is going to be, but I'm going to play him if he comes up in my model like this. He's going to be, I mean, he's going to be low. I mean, uh, he's not someone people will typically play at this price. Anyone who looks at the game logs is, is obviously going to see that, you know, he missed the last two cuts, but um, I don't know if you saw what he did last week, if you had him and we're watching. So on, on Thursday, um, he was three under early in his round and shot a back nine 42, which took him to plus four. He came out the next day and shot 67. So like, I don't know, he, he wasn't far off last week. I haven't yeah. looked at the stats yet, but he certainly wasn't far off last week. Um, I think he's going to be low owned. I think Glover is, is, is going to come in much lower than he should. Um, he's been great. Just can't putt, but that's, yeah. that's kind of what you expect. And I think the other guy here who's going to go completely overlooked is Brendan Todd, who, also has been okay. Uh, people have been playing him. Obviously, you know, he, just, he requires... He spurred people last week, but he prior to that, he's been playing really yeah, well. He's got, a, he's got a game five strokes putting for you probably, but like he's the guy in here who's going to be half the ownership of Hardy, Stallings, Rogers, even Long is thinking to be a little bit popular. So yeah, if you want to get different here, play Glover, play Todd, play Lonto. And if you're mass multi-entering, it's really easy to get a good chunk of all these guys because, yeah, you know... I'll tell you, I'll tell you who... Who's missing from this range is Chris Kirk. Where the hell is Chris Kirk? He would win this event yeah. uh, if he was in here. So yeah, <laughs> I just see I mean, all these names. Like, yeah. I don't see myself playing too much, too much nine K. No. Uh, so if I go 10 K and just you go straight here, pick two, three guys from here, you're still good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to dig too deep in that six K range. So there are some, some plays uh, in that six K range, but I, you don't want to go too deep. And now I, I sort of come to the, what I've done in the last few events and it's helped me in GBPs um, is I- I've limited my exposure to mm-hmm. 6k golfers. So I'm playing around 32 golfers a week. Okay. Okay. Uh, 60 lineups, I- 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 five to six only uh, in that, in that 6k range is all I'm going to play 20% of my, of my uh, tops of, yep. of my player pool is going to be in that 6k percent. Uh, 6k range uh, and that's the way i've been going and I, i'm never more than like 10 percent owned 50 15 if i really like a guy i really like a guy this week in the night in the night in the 6k range we'll talk about him uh and i might play him at 15 percent uh just because his wedge game is is really really strongly Hodges. and so uh you know that that's that's probably what i'm going to do and, and i want to try to avoid i used to do like 10 golfers down there uh yeah. you know because you know i would be playing like a rack of guys in that 10 K range and sort of limited my pool and, and it's helped me sort of condensed it. Now, you know, the problem with that is if you miss up top, you know, you, you're basically done uh, because usually that's where the ownership collects as well. So it, it's a hit or miss, but it's been working for me. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the seven K range. My last two cash game cornerstones uh, are going to be here. First off, I'm going to go Adam Shank who a couple of top tens at this event the last couple of years. He's from this area. He says this is like his favorite course or something like that. He loves the course. Uh, prior to his missed cut, I think he missed a cut last week, but prior to that, lots of made cuts, uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, with like maybe one or two missed cuts in between. Uh, been somewhat consistent. Um, so, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Adam Schenck, even though stats-wise uh, it doesn't look that great. I'm, I'm, I'm going on the, the home course advantage for Mr. Schenck. And I like um, uh, the last one before my – yes, Adam Svensson. Again, yeah. another guy who's been playing you – know, you know, I've been on this guy all year, okay? Beginning of the year, I loved him, and every time I rushed him, he missed a cut. Like, he was horrible, right? Uh, and now in the last, you know, two, three months, 
little bit more consistent, making more cuts, uh, getting higher up on the leaderboard. He played really well on Saturday um, at, at the uh, at the Travelers. You know, sort of held held water uh, on Sunday to finish. I think he finished top twenty five. I think he finished twenty fourth or somewhere around there. Um, what I like about him again, iron play is always strong. Uh, he's number one from one fifty to one seventy five. A little bit worse uh, from one twenty five to one fifty. But his wedge game overall, pretty good. Top 20 in birdies are better percentage. And I like the fact that if you look at fantasynational.com, he is number one in this field in strokes gain total um, on easy courses, on easy scoring courses. He is number yeah. one strokes gain T to green. I'm sorry, not total because they take your putting into his account and he's been horrible. But strokes gain T to green, number one. Strokes gain ball striking, number two on easy courses. Um, in the last 50 rounds in this field. So so I like Spencer. So I'll go ahead. My cash game cornerstones this week. Webb Simpson at 10,600. Uh, Nick Hardy is going to be 8,700. Uh, he's actually top 11. He's 11th in strokes game, Tita Green, on easy courses as well, uh, Nick Hardy. Um, Adam Shank, the, the home the hometown guy, at 7,800, if I'm yeah, and then uh, Adam Svensson at seventy seven hundred. Uh, so that still leaves you a lot of money uh, to play for the rest of your cash lineup. But who do you like in this seven K range? Before I go over my GPP plays, yeah, pretty pretty similar. I mean, Adam Shank. Um, yeah, so just so you know, from from Indiana, went to Purdue. Uh, so definitely kind of a home game. Loves this event. He won something called the Iowa Open back in twenty fifteen. <laughs> so you know, just another professional tournament that he was playing around here. Um, so, yeah, definitely love him. Um, I do think Svensson makes a lot of sense just in terms of how good the ball striking has been all year. Um, he has to make putts here, which is, of course, the issue with Svensson, but I think he's he's extremely safe and for cash games that's what you're looking for. Um, I like John Ha quite a bit. Uh, ball striking has been good. Uh, he kind of came out of nowhere last year. Like, he went into that rut for a few years where he was just terrible um, and just started making, like, every cut all of a sudden. Um, I, just, yeah. Very, very consistent, really good wedge player, makes plenty of birdies. So I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, and then beyond that, you know, a couple guys who I would probably look at lower. Um, I mean, you mentioned Stricker. I would probably say Lipsky there makes sense. Um, we've been playing Chris Goddard up, not going to stop now. Yeah, Matt, uh, Matt Wallace has made three cuts in a row. And again, like a guy with that kind of long-term pedigree for 7,200 in this field, and he's now made three cuts in a row, like – course he could suck and blow up in your face but like that's a guy if matt wallace was tied for fourth on sunday it would not be a surprise to anybody yeah uh what do you think uh i mean i, I think there's going to be a lot of concentrated ownership here mm-hmm. uh you know when it comes down to the people that we talked about basically svensson ha huh, shank uh all going to be extremely popular um if you're going to go a little bit different what about party marty laird uh you know, yeah he i mean showed, he's he showed a little bit last week First yeah. in strokes gained T to green in the field in the last 50 rounds. I don't know how people, I don't know if people are going to play them. Are people going to play them? Yes, but not as much as those other guys you mentioned. Yeah. Like there are options here. Like Revy is going to be owned, right? Yeah. Streelman is going to be owned. Uh, up another 100 AK, JT Poston after last week is going to be owned. Like, so yeah, they're all going to be fairly popular, which means, okay, you can make your choices or you can play, you know, 2% Griot, 1% Gim. 2% Lahiri. Like, there are guys in there who Seaweed might be Doug, just as good. Seaweed Doug, I think it's a good pivot. Um, if you look at yeah. if you look at him, he's actually second behind Stenson in strokes gain T to green on easy courses. 
uh, via yeah. Fantasy National. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone's going to play him. I think Seaweed Doug or the, the Gim Reaper, as, mm-hmm. as Mr. Mayo calls it, or Kim Chi, which is what he likes to be called, Seaweed uh, Doug Gim. Um, you know, I, I think I think he can get you know single digit ownership and then you know be a really really strong pivot uh, for GPPs from all mm-hmm. those highly owned guys. Uh, in the 7K range. And I do like Stricker for cash. I think Stricker makes yeah. a good last last person in your cash lineup golfer. Uh, you know, the guy is coming off a, a second last week, you know, a, a second place last week yeah. uh, at the major with Patty Harrington hitting, you know, 185 mile per hour ball speed at the age of 50. Pretty <laughs> incredible stuff by him. I, we didn't even talk about that. Before we go on, let's talk about that. And let's talk about, I, I'm, I, it's my show. I could talk about any in any order I want to talk about shit. That's the way it's going to happen. If my producer yells at me, I apologize. Let's talk about Lexi Thompson. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. You know I mean, what I'm it's, saying? Like, it's, it's sad and unsurprising at this point, but yeah. it's, it's so painful to watch. Since her, since her, since her last win in 2014, uh, I think 2014, 2015, uh, her, her only major win, I think, she's, she's top 10, 40% of all majors. 40%. Yeah, she has, she has like 20 like 20 major top tens or top fives and yeah. you know yeah it's it's, it, it's insane and then to see her struggle that she was up on going into 16 it was a par five she's up she was up by two i think mm-hmm. uh, going into 16 gets to the green side bunker in two on a par five and after that hole she's tied with inji chun yep uh i mean and, and the putt three foot putt if you think willie z Oh, that was like a foot and a half. Yeah, it was. It was. It was so hard to watch, but like I could. It's like a train wreck. You couldn't like not watch it. Incredible stuff. And fun. The funny thing is, you know, a lot of good crazy golf happened outside of mm-hmm. the PGA Tour last week. You had uh, Pat uh, Patty winning that uh, that that senior major. Pretty crazy story. The way he won. If you watch him on the tee box. It's, it's pretty crazy. He swings as hard as he can on his practice strokes like yeah. 10 times to get his old ass body, you know, ready for the swing. And he goes in and crushes it. 185 mile per hour ball speed. You got Lexi doing her thing. NG winning her third major. Uh, you got that kid from who, 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 who gave the live tour the finger uh, and said he, he did not want to, uh, you know, not be on tour while all his friends are on tour. Yeah. And he goes out and wins the Corn Ferry Tour event. I forget his name. Do you remember his name? Pretty, yeah. He's, he's really good. Like, he's he ballsy stuff by him, man. After yeah. saying that a week earlier, coming out and winning an event, pretty, pretty interesting stuff in the world of golf outside the PGA Tour. And, of course, this week we have Liv uh, with a much better field uh, than what we're seeing this week. Um, better telecast probably, even though it's still working. We'll, well see and how I think, that goes. The format yeah. still needs tinkering. It's not great. No, and, and like with Pearson Cootie, for example, like I think a lot of this, like there is such an opportunity, not just with the amateurs, but specifically with the college kids. Like, look at this. Like, so he went to Texas or he goes to Texas, right? Um, he becomes friendly with Spieth, who's obviously older and established and friends with Scotty Shuffler. Like these are guys staying on the PGA Tour. We're on the flip side. Got the kid from Oklahoma State, Chikara, going, right? Yep. After Uline went, 
after Wolf went, probably Fowler going, like it, it, it just shows if you're in a specific program and surrounded by the right people, like you're going to make what I consider the right choices for guys that young for the older guys, fuck, go get the money. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. But, but for these college I kids, think like for Wolf, it makes sense too. I mean, Injuries. to an extent, but he's got time. Like he's going, like, even if he sucks for the next year, like he's got some status left. He's going to get starts. He's going to get exemptions. Like look how long Ricky Fowler's held on. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he's getting exempt. Like he's getting into stuff based on invitations and exemptions. Like that's going to run out. And that's exactly why Ricky Fowler is going to live. Like, it's going to be exactly the same situation. All right. So let's get back to the actual tiers. Another guy in the 7,000s, low 7,000s that might be interesting. Any 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 uh, opinion on Chess and Hadley uh, this pass. week? After, pass. pass. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't yeah, think so I mean, either. It was one round, right? Yeah. He's not a guy that I, – I mean, sure, he makes a lot of birdies and anybody can pop here, but I would rather um, – if you just want – you know, crazy birdie maker. Give me Sam Ryder, who's done really well at this golf yeah, course. Like, yeah, I, I was going to say Ryder. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. He, I think he's number one putting here and uh, of course drives it well. I think he gained five or six strokes gained approach last week at Travelers. So if any of that carries over and he's number one in putting again, like, yeah, he's going to smash this week. All right, let's get to the 6K range. I mean, you're not looking at the greatest stuff, but I like Lee Hodges a lot. He's probably my favorite play just mm-hmm. because of how strong his wedge game is uh if you look i mean he he didn't play that poorly last week i mean uh he was he was up there at some point in time seven eight under i forget where he finished let me take a look here um he ended up finishing in uh i think it was eight under or something. Hey, top 25 not bad uh three cuts in a row wedge yeah. game strong approach game strong uh he's been putting pretty damn well too he's my favorite play uh in the 6k range uh, Lee Hodges. You got Hayden Buckley, who made his little move at the U.S. Open a couple weeks ago. Uh, yep. So you know the guy has game. Uh, if he can play at the U.S. Open, he can play anywhere. Uh, and he, you know, and he had that pretty bad stretch, I think. And he came back and, uh, you know, did I forget exactly what happened, but he had a couple of really bad holes at the U.S. Open. But brought himself back yep. uh, and, and, and showed some fortitude, some mental fortitude uh, at the U.S. Open. I like that uh, in younger golfers. Um, Maybe a little Justin Lower just because of uh, – is that how you say his name? Justin Lower just because of, uh, again, the wedge play uh, looks strong on him. Yeah. Um, after that, it's pretty tough. I know uh, Kip Henley I follow on Twitter. He's been saying how uh, Dirt McGirt uh, has been uh, playing a little bit better uh, here recently and really trying to get his game grinding out there uh, and pouring rain on the range. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the 6K range? Um. Yeah, there are plays. Uh, Mergert is not going to be on that list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably not. That would not, yeah, that would not be one that I want. Um, I think you're right about the top two. Like, if if I went there, Hodges and Buckley would probably be the two that I like the most. Um, I just want guys who have shown, like, more than a week, right? Like, more than just one week. Like, Buckley, anyone who can do that at a major, like, all right, you're on the short list. And keep in mind how good he was playing in the fall. This guy was, like, 9,200 for the fall events. Remember, he was like top 10-ing every week. He was really good. Um, I think Hodges makes sense. Um, I like Chase Seifert still, always. Um, Callum Terran, again, played really well at, at the U.S. Open, even though he didn't finish well. Like, again, anybody who can do that on that stage, they're obviously playing pretty well right now. Um, the only other two that I see here, I mean, 
you mentioned Robert Streb. Play him again for all I care. Uh, and then <laughs> Kelly Craft. Uh, Kelly Craft um, plays this golf course pretty well, makes a lot of birdies. He's really good from that specific range uh, with wedges and, and putting. And his last couple of events have been decent. So, like, again, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. But I think those are the guys that I would play. All right. So let's move on to the bets. Let's actually talk about a little bit about betting strategy uh, this week. Because uh, the one thing I, I tend to notice, like, in regular events, when you see golfers, um, when, you, when you're live betting, and you yeah. see golfers that are, like, you know, top-level golfers for – five, six strokes back on Friday uh, or something like that, you know, they're still like 18 to one, 25 mm-hmm. to one, you know, 30 to one or something like that. In a week like this with such a weak field, do you think that books are not going to be able to do that just because, you know, these aren't these upper echelon guys. Could you find value uh, when it comes to live betting? Like saying, seeing a guy maybe six, seven strokes back um, who played, um, you know, Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And so mid mid afternoon before the tee times goes goes out, he's six seven strokes back because you can you can get behind in this course pretty easy with all the birdies, you know. Will the books put better number with you know a really strong first round of of ball striking or something like that? Yeah, I mean I don't think they adjust much for stats and things like that. Um, so I would say it depends on on the player, right? Like what you said, if if um, after Friday Webb Simpson is five shots behind the lead. Web's be like still going to be, yeah, Web's going to be 10 to one, right? You're yeah. not going to be able to add that. But if, if there's a guy on, on Friday, who's six back and his name is, you know, Oh, I don't know. Say Chris Goddard, right. He's going to be a hundred to one. And if yeah. the ball striking is there, like, yeah, I don't think books will be paying quite as much attention this week for those sorts of live ads, but they're certainly not going to let you beat them with web web yes. win, exactly. but i think because the lack of webs and yeah. the lack of rory's and the lack of shefflers in this field you're going to find a lot of value live i think on friday on friday mm-hmm. yeah know, for sure so yeah so so, sure. so what what i think i'm going to do i only have three bets mm-hmm. uh right now and i think i'm going to spend a lot of my bets uh live betting like those hundred to one long shots mm-hmm. uh, the, who haven't played the Friday afternoon round yet. Uh, who yeah. uh, look good to the eye on Thursday. Um, I, I think there's going to be quite a few of those and I'm going to, you know, at hundred to one, I could bet a lot of those, you know, and still keep within my bankroll budget. Yeah. Um, and so that is the way I think I am going to go about betting this week. My three bets this week are going to be Sahith Sagala. I got to yeah. give him a chance. I just like 35 to one. I'll go ahead. I'll play him. Um, Patrick Rogers, 35 yeah. to one. I'm with you on that. And I got Nick Hardy at 40 to one. Okay. Those are going to be the only three bets I'm going to do before the action starts. And then I will bet everything else live. So, I, so yeah. I'm trying to win a thousand dollars. So I think I spent like, like 80 bucks on mm-hmm. those two bets. So I usually try and bet $200 a week is usually my limit. Right. And so I have $120 to play with live betting, you know, and, and that's how I think I'm going to go with the betting process this week. Who are your bets? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm just kind of loading up now. Uh, just kind of hit send, forget about the week and move on. So <laughs> I bet those same three as you. And then I basically added my other favorite plays. So I also have uh, Svensson at 66 Shank at 75 and Ryder at 160. 
All right, one and done. I think I'm going Shaker Svensson. I, I think that's the way I'm going to go. I messed up. I went leash last week. I dropped out of like probably the top 100 in, in the carbon yeah. contest. I was 48. Uh, so I, I don't even know where I am now. So that one hurt a lot last week. So I got to come back with like somebody who, who not many people own and then who I think has upside. And I think I, think I might go Svensson this week. Yeah, I'm, I don't even know why. I'm, I'm like in last place. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't think I have Webb. I would use him if I do. So, um, I mean, I'm picking Rodgers to win. So I guess I'll just use him. I certainly haven't used Patrick Rodgers yet. Yeah, maybe maybe I might go Rodgers. We'll see. It changed. My one and done changes by the time Wednesday comes. I might say something yeah. here, but you never really know when you get to, to Wednesday. Usually I play all the plays. I, I say I'm going to play in DFS. But yeah. one and done, uh, they change a little bit. All right. Uh, anything else we need to talk about this week there, Ryan? Unless you want to talk about Liv. Uh, I, bet, <laughs> I bet Patrick yeah. Reed. So that's that. I saw you line at 60 to one. I was tempted. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I saw, I saw Reed was 18. I don't know. Yeah. Like we were betting him a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. So yeah. now he's playing against 12 decent golfers. That's about it. So yeah, my 18 to one though. against 12 decent. But I mean, it's golf, you know, these guys, they're, they're all pretty good. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely be watching the coverage. All right, Ryan, why don't you tell them where you can find you? Sure. Uh, Golflandia podcast. We will uh, be back and recording probably tomorrow night. And uh, our bear off 427 on Twitter. DMs are always open. And, uh, looking forward to a good week. All right. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Uh, save yourself 30% on a membership. Uh, all the tools are there. I think a couple of people had some big weeks, some big NASCAR weeks. Uh, you know, all the sports are there and it's included with the 30% uh, discounts. Go ahead and go over to Gup's Corner. My articles, I think, already out for the course preview. Um, and then Wednesday, I'll have my final betting card. I don't think I'm going to add anything, but maybe. Uh, and then um, my final betting card, the Svensson 66 to 1, sort of tempting. I might have to add that. Uh, and then uh, also my favorite GPP play in each price range. Ryan, thanks for coming on. It's always great to have you. Uh, Tambo will be back. Uh, next week for the skies open with myself on a new course uh, should be fun uh, this week. I know it doesn't look great, but these are the weeks you can make some money. So mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's make some motherfucking money. DJ nation. I've been getting dirty money. Jordan Belford. Second penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up.